You're listening to a History Hub podcast. History Hub is based at the University College Dublin School of History. For more information and to access hundreds of podcasts, go to historyhub.ie. This podcast series features UCD graduate Sean Murray discussing the development of children's comics after the Second World War, with a particular focus on boys' adventure comics from the 1950s and 60s. This is the second of three podcasts, entitled World War II and the Comics of the 50s. In 1950s Britain, DC Thompson and Company published a variety of comics which were some of the most popular forms of media for children. There was little to differentiate their popular titles. They each contained 12 pages of closely printed type, printed on cheap, flimsy, newsprint type paper with minimal visual content other than the front cover, which was of the same paper type. Typically, they carried up to six stories per issue. While the page count increased rapidly as paper became more available uh, following the end of rationing during the 1950s, it rose to over 20 pages and as many as 28 in some issues. The general format was to remain largely unchanged until the end of the decade, when new all-picture formats would begin to dominate the market and force Thompsons to restructure their titles. The stories in all the Thompson titles were of a similar type, typically running to around 5,000 words each, which meant an issue could contain 30,000 words or more. This represented a substantial weekly reading commitment for the 12 to 16-year-old boys who were their main audience. Their staple material, as the description Boys Adventure Comics suggests, consisted of adventure stories. There was normally a sports story, typically football, boxing or athletics. School stories were another constant, usually set in public schools. And while these themes may not seem the stuff of adventure, there were generally nefarious happenings going on off the pitch or outside the school. Heroism and triumph against the odds were common threads, and some stories featured characters like Tarzan and Robin Hood. There were stories set in the American West, the so-called Cowboys and Indian stories, the Northwest Frontier, and other what then would have been exotic regions of the world, such as the African jungles. Mysterious spies abounded, and what can be described as manly occupations such as lumberjacks and explorers were a standard feature. Many characters had vaguely defined special powers. Often the success of the underdog, the ordinary man, or the man who overcame adversity was a key theme. And they were always men. Women did not feature in these comics. Frequently successes were achieved by children, particularly children in the school stories. If we turn to look at the coverage of World War II in these comics, the big surprise is that they had so little coverage of the war in the early part of the decade. In 1949, no comics in this market segment carried any stories set during the war. Following a total war of previously unimaginable destructiveness, one which still shapes Britain today, it might have been thought that there would have been more use of war material in the comics of this time. After all, World War I material had been a staple of boys' comics in the interwar period, along with stories of British imperial success. And some war stories have been noted in comics during the war itself, but they seem to have died off in the period immediately after 1945. However, starting with their Rover title in August 1950, Thompson's pioneered the use of World War II stories in boys' adventure comics. Their competitors at that time, including the landmark title Eagle, were never to feature these types of stories. And once Thompson's started using war stories, they steadily increased in quantity, and by January 1953, all their titles featured them. While Rover, perhaps because it was the first Thompson's title to carry World War II stories, tended to use them most intensively, by 1955, 
All Thompson's titles carried them as a standard feature of their content. Despite a decline in the market, Thompson continued its commitment to World War II stories in the second half of the 1950s, and these stories remained a staple with up to 40% of any single issue being devoted to this theme. At the end of the decade, Thompson's began their significant restructuring of their titles to address falling sales. The group would merge all of their text-based titles, Adventure, Rover and Wizard, and would relaunch Hotspur in an all-picture format, with three new all-picture titles also launched, Victor, Commando and Hornet. War remained a constant in the relaunch titles. Commando was all about World War II, Victor devoted nearly a quarter of its content to World War II, and occasionally to other 20th century wars, and all their other titles also utilised stories of World War II in some capacity. But what was the nature of these war stories and what form did they take? When World War II stories started to appear, they continued with the general themes of adventure, daring do, heroism and triumph against the odds, which had been typical of the comics at that time. Only now the stories were set in a World War II milieu. In many ways, they were the same stories, but in a different setting. What, to coin a phrase, could even be described as World War II light. Later in the decade, while they retained the general flavour of the traditional comics, the stories became more war-specific and less a copy from other genres simply transferred into a World War II setting. While there were numerous one-off or single-issue stories, typically a story could run for up to 14 weeks. These multi-week stories were usually centred on a single character or group of characters, such as an army platoon or the crew of a boat. If they proved popular, they returned after a number of weeks with a new storyline. They were always focused on the normal soldier and only very rarely featured anyone above the rank of non-commissioned officer. It was not unusual to use non-combatant types of enlisted men who were unexpectedly called on to fight and demonstrated exceptional bravery in doing so. These included cooks, mechanics, signal corps, and in one 1957 story, a group of army vets. And these were always British. The, Amer- the Americans, Canadians and Australians occasionally appeared, but they were always outshone by the British in the story. Sergeant Braddock, later Sergeant Braddock VC, represents a good example of a typical story character. Braddock was a fictional RAF pilot who flew bombers and initially his story was told from the point of view of his navigator under the title I Flew with Braddock. The character first appeared in the rover in a text format in September 1952 and was to run in various formats until at least 1965, appearing in nearly every edition of Rover for most of the 1950s. The character also appeared simultaneously in Victor from its launch in 1961 and was to be a constant character in that title until 1965. Braddock was typical of the more realistic type of storyline that was to develop during the 1950s. He is also an example of the type of character crossover which was not uncommon, whereby a character who had initially appeared in one comic was to reappear later in another. Swamp Rat was another example. Swamp Rat was billed as Jungle Thrills with an Amazing Spy and was a British agent who had been left behind as an island coast watcher in the Far East in anticipation of a Japanese invasion. He had adapted native ways and was now fighting the Japanese behind the line. The character first appeared in Rover in a text format in 1954 and later reappeared in Hornet in 1963. Another story device was to feature a piece of equipment such as a plane, a 
tank or a ship as the centrepiece of a story. Invariably, this piece of equipment was in poor condition, but achieved amazing fighting results with the aid of its gallant crew. An example of this type of story is The Flying Porcupine, about the adventures of a Sunderland flying boat. This story first appeared in Wizard in December 1953. This story type illustrates the common themes of making the best of limited resources to achieve victory and of triumph against the odds. Some stories carried were true and appeared in the comics from as early as the Rover in 1951. They were typically short, less than a page, and usually picture strips about individual incidents, weapons or fighting units from the war. For example, Heroes of the Air War ran as a quarter page picture strip series in Rover for 30 issues between August 1952 and March 1953, and again in 1959. Some stories appear to present fiction as fact, either presenting a story as one which appeared as if it could be fact when it wasn't, or presenting it as fact when it obviously wasn't. An example of a story which appeared to be fact when it wasn't was a story in Wizard in 1952, I fought in the Battle of Britain, purported to be the personal diary of Nick Waring, Battle of Britain fighter pilot. It seemed to be genuine, but as the story evolved into 1953, it became increasingly apparent it was fiction. And when I read the story in the British Library last year, I had to read it several times to determine it actually was fiction, and that was at a 60-year remove. An example of a story presented as fact that obviously wasn't was a Sergeant Braddock story in Rover in 1965 under the heading 20 years after the war's end, only now can this World War II story be told. Stories detailing actual events from the war became more important with the launch of Victor. A standard feature of Victor was to have a front and back cover story in colour about the winning of a Victoria Cross. All these stories were perfectly attuned with the common themes of these war stories, namely the triumph of the little man, of the ordinary soldier and of bravery against the odds. Throughout the period reviewed, all aspects of the war were comprehensively covered, including all branches of the services, land, naval and air. The army had probably the greatest proportion of stories reflecting its greater operational reach. There was disproportionate coverage given to commando, paratroop, spies and behind-the-lines operations, all of which were mainly army-based. Behind-the-lines type stories, for example, accounted for as much as half of all the war stories in adventure. All the theatres where British forces fought were covered. The Battle of Britain, North Africa, the Far East, the Atlantic convoys, the Russian convoys, Europe after D-Day, Italy after 1943. Victor in particular devoted as much as 40% of its stories to the war in the Far East. Stories of the war in occupied Europe revolved primarily around the actions of commandos and secret agents. A 1965 issue of Rover even included a story about British forces fighting the Germans in Greenland, something that never happened. It was actually the Americans that fought the Germans in Greenland. Into the 1960s, more stories based on the home front in wartime Britain started appearing, as well as stories about British prisoners of war. When Commander was launched in 1961, with its pocket-sized 64-page single-story format, it was designed to be different. Its cover, printed in full colour on glossy paper, further emphasised this difference, as did its premium price of one shilling. The real difference, however, was in the content. It was all war, and continued to rely on heroism, 
individual bravery and the triumph of the ordinary soldier over adversity, but with a much more realistic and harder edge. For example, an early edition in 1961 featured a story about an English soldier, and it was an English soldier specifically, fighting with the Australian Army in New Guinea. He's the best fighter in the group, a theme very consistent with all war coverage. Wherever the story is introduced with the explanation, the Japanese had spread over Eastern Asia like an evil yellow stain. This is much more aggressive and racially charged language, not seen in other Thompson comics of the time. And in some of these stories, British soldiers actually died. In another early 1961 story about paratroops fighting in occupied Europe, only one survivor came back. And at the end of the story, after the war had ended, wondered why he had been the one to survive. In other comics stories about the war, British forces didn't actually have died. It may have been implied, but it simply didn't happen to characters in the normal war stories in other titles. And it was this tougher, more realistic approach which marked Commando as being different. As the number of stories about World War II increased into the 1950s, the nature of the material also changed towards a more realistic treatment of the war. This established World War II stories as a genre in their own right, as opposed to the general adventure theme which had persisted before then, and which had been reflected in the initial World War II stories. These stories became an important feature of the Thompson comics and would greatly influence several generations of British men. I will return to some of these themes in the third and final podcast in this series and will examine how myths were affected in the comics World War II stories. Thanks for listening to this History Hub podcast. To hear the next installment on Sean Murray's series on Boys' Adventure Comics and World War II, visit historyhub.ie. Our podcasts are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and many other podcasting apps, such as Podcast Republic. Please rate and review our channel as it helps others to find out about our work.